Welcome to the Wisdime Podcast. This is Justin Dora, your host. And for our initial episode, I wanted to give a bit of an update as to what we've been up to the last year, as well as take our first stab at doing a teaching element on the podcast. So this last year, my wife and I, who have been church planting in Portland, as well as our team, made an intentional decision to change our methodology and structure to fit more of a movement methodology and structure that we've been learning from our friends over at City Team International, uh, who both have trained us as well as have provided ongoing coaching, for which we are very thankful for. Um, So as we came into 2013, uh, we really transitioned away from a Sunday morning meeting that had me teaching at the front to more of a community gathering that allowed for interactive teaching And we began taking steps of learning how to create customizable implementation for everyone as they as they left. And, you know, throughout the year, if we were to look back at it, I could honestly say we did some things that went really well, as well as other things that didn't work out as well as we thought they did, thought they might. But um, but that's how you learn. So it's been a great journey. Um, And for me, really, just thinking through the teaching element this last year, I've asked a lot of questions that I've, I've really never asked before. And just wondering, is a monologue format where you just hear from one speaker the best way to learn? And I've really gone back and forth. And I can honestly say, through learning all that we've learned with our friends at City Team and disciple-making movements, I really have a, a deeper appreciation and value for self-discovery and learning to read the scriptures and through uh, asking questions, discover the truths of God's word and by God's grace, implementing those things into our lives. Um, and this last year, this last fall, God brought to mind a passage in First uh, Corinthians 2 that says, among the mature, we speak a message of wisdom. And in that, I realized that maybe there is a place for monologue teaching uh, when you realize and understand the whole spectrum of how someone learns, that we don't just learn by hearing something and being given prescripted ways to respond, but we, we can learn through hearing through a teacher, and then we are given space and time to process that, to to dialogue with God, to dialogue with friends, to then jot down thoughts and ideas of how to respond and and really let that truth be discovered in our own in our own lives and then implemented through our own personality and our own um, just day to day walk with God. And really, if you understand that as a teacher, someone who communicates, um, then you can then you can bring that into a teaching format and you make room for that process and you make room for that personal discovery and writing out personal implementation and and checking back in the next time the group gathers to hear how it went and, and listen to the stories and testimonies. Um, but you can use that monologue format um, and it can be effective. And so I think for me, I've realized that really all these different methods can be useful if we understand the whole spectrum of how a person learns and we don't camp on just one side or the other. And that's been my own journey that God's brought me through. And so, so the heart behind this podcast is to, is to reestablish um, creating a way to, to get an audio format out to people that have read the blog, um, 
kind of the same flavor of thoughts and ideas, but in an audio format. Uh, you know, most of our meetings have been in homes or in coffee shops or other public places where recording a podcast just isn't efficient or effective. And so this is just a way for us to get the message out in a different way and excited to see what this looks like going forward. Today, what I wanted to look at is Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. And um, I'm going to be reading it out of the NIV. It says in verse 11, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now the first thought I want to share from this, I need to give credit to my teammate Diane Madrid. In a team meeting one day, we were unpacking this verse together, and she had a stunning insight that really has affected me uh, over the last year in just understanding ownership and allowing others to own the process for themselves. What she pointed out was if you think about milk and meat, really the main difference is who owns the process. With milk, the mom is really the one who owns the process. She's the one that eats the food, her body processes that food, and then through her body she feeds the baby, the byproduct of all of that, which is milk. But when that child gets to a certain age, there's a transition that happens to solid food. And with that transition comes the transition in the ownership of the process of eating. So now, instead of the mom doing all the work, while the child may still receive the food, the child now is cutting up that food, eating that food, and that and their body is actually processing the food. So the process of ownership is being transferred to the child from the mom. And honestly, as you, as you take that analogy and look at teaching, you can see the same to be true. A lot of times what happens as teachers, and by that I'm specifically meaning when we communicate in a monologue format, we're the ones that do all the work. We read the word, we write things out, we process it, maybe the Holy Spirit uh, inspires action that we then implement and we do something about that passage. And so when we teach it, whenever God brings that to mind to teach, there really is life on it. There really is um, the, God's grace is being administrated through that spoken word to the hearers of that message. And if we're not careful, what happens is we create a system where people get used to hearing our own processings with God, and they can recognize the, the revelation. They can recognize the life on that word. But if we don't help them with an overall process of how they themselves can get personal revelation, that they can journal and write things out, and God continues to unpack that that word, where they learn how to share that with other people and hear their feedback and then do something about it. Again, by the grace of God, not through self-effort, not through performance, not through um, trying to earn something from God, but where grace is being demonstrated, the operational power of God to, to walk with God. When that's at work, then then people's lives begin to change at a rapid pace. And without that understanding, then what happens is they can only receive the spoken word at at a milk level, 
But when that process is at work in their lives of ownership and implementation, then when they hear a teaching, then the Holy Spirit can unpack that and give them further revelation beyond what the the speaker says that continues to bring transformation to their own lives and hopefully into the lives of those around them. And so that's the real... That's the real breakdown between milk and meat is who owns that process because when, when we allow others to own their own journey in God and we don't necessarily create those predetermined ways of responding, then they're able to respond in their own personality, in their own gifting, in their own makeup, um, honestly, r- radically to the Word of God, uh, to the Scriptures, and it doesn't feel heavy, it doesn't feel burdensome. It, it's in line with the level of maturity that they're in, and those steps are enjoyable and they're fun. And now obedience is birthed out of joy and out of enjoyment of relationship with God and not this um, heavy-handed sense that uh, God is, isn't pleased with them. And what, what I've watched in my own life and in those around me that um, God has given me relationship with is watching those steps of obedience uh, grow with each uh, point of maturity along the way. Second thing I want to point out in verse 13, it says, if anyone who, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Again, the author of this, of this letter is stating that he's equating maturity to our understanding of righteousness. And the New Testament, it says it all over the New Testament, so I won't give um, a ton of references on this episode, but but the New Testament consistently says that righteousness is a gift that we've been given that grows and matures and it works itself out in our behavior and the way we live, but it's a gift that we have been given in Christ. We've been given His righteousness that's on a righteousness of our own works. And the fascinating thing is, Again, looking at maturity being tied to, I no longer need someone else telling me I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because by God's grace, I have owned that truth and I believe it in my heart and mind to such a degree that I am growing, I am changing, I am maturing. The character of Jesus is becoming more evident in my life, not because I'm trying harder to look like Jesus, but that place of rest that when God says, I am righteous because of what he's done, I simply trust, and that trust is producing in me the life of God uh, in in my character that that demonstrates the nature of Jesus to a world that needs uh, um, an experience with God that's real and not just something that's in um, in their heads. And so, so that process of maturity is about owning the fact that what God says about you as a new creation in Christ is true, despite what you feel, despite what you've been told, despite what your circumstances say. But that, but that that truth takes precedence over every experience, over every competing voice, and it becomes the lens through which you view all of life. And the final thing is, in verse 14, it makes mention that, that by constant use, the mature train themselves to distinguish good from evil. 
and getting getting back to to what I mentioned earlier, this process of discovery that is a part of teaching, that's a part of developing, that's a part of growing, there really is something to letting our teaching be a catalyst to people going on a journey with God and discovering for themselves the same truths that you taught on, but being able to say it in their own voice, in their own vernacular, to where they become teachers in their setting, whether that's across the table, over a cup of coffee, or in a in a room where they're at the front speaking to a group of people, realizing that the way the kingdom works is when we hear something, when we read something, when we when something gets awakened in us that that God's desires that the Holy Spirit keeps uh, keeps walking that journey out with us and it keeps growing and developing and changing us as we go. And obviously we do that in the context of community because life is more fun with friends and relationships than just living isolated. But but it it create it it challenges those unhealthy dependencies when we think we can't make it without without this certain person's influence in our lives who may be a great communicator or a seasoned teacher. But we realize what John is getting at in First John when he says, you don't need anyone to teach you. You have the anointing. The anointing will teach you. The Holy Spirit that God has given by his grace, he really can guide you into all truth. He can remind you of everything Jesus said. He can, he can bring glory to Jesus by making known to you what Jesus has accomplished. We see that in John 14 and John 16, those passages about the Holy Spirit. And so so it really started challenging me of how do I think about training? Do I train people in a way that makes them dependent upon me? Or do I train people in a way that makes them dependent upon the Spirit of God, the person of Jesus and the Father? Is our training to make them dependent on the Godhead or on us? And that's my encouragement and challenge to you, the listener today, is to rethink with God. What's a way to teach and train people that actually teaches them to trust and depend and expect God to come through to where they don't need to call you every time they face a challenge, but they know the God who has called them into the dreams and the destiny that he has for them. And the last couple thoughts before I conclude is, you know, it's really possible when you're passionate about seeing people's lives impacted and seeing multiple generations of disciples made, it, it's possible to own that process at a deeper level than those you're investing in. And when we do, we actually short circuit those people's growths, growth because, because we don't allow them to get out in front and really discover and try and implement and fail and learn <laughs> and try again, but we keep them attached to ourselves. And so learning to be okay as a leader with that process is, um, I think, is part of the journey for all of us. Uh, learning that it's okay to watch people fail forward and learn from their mistakes and 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 get up again and try again without this fear that they have ruined everything, but that's just part of the process. Learning those awkward moments where it maybe isn't going as you thought in your head is okay. That's how people learn. That's how people grow. And really to to let people mature means they get to own it, and we don't own it for them.
anymore. So with that, my final, my final encouragement is just to, to remember that um, I think as leaders, all of us desire to impact people in such a way that we see cities and nations transformed. And that desire is a godly desire. He put that there. But to constantly let the Holy Spirit upgrade our perspectives and our methods to match um, His nature and character uh, so that we're training people not to depend on us, but to depend on God uh, by His grace, to joyfully depend on God, where it's a delight to expect God to come through in ways that we never dreamed and to see every generation uh, every succeeding generation surpass us, that that would be a real thing that happens uh, on a broad scale. So with that, that concludes our first episode of the Wisdom Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope it was encouraging. I hope these continue to get better and better uh, as the year 2014 continues to go on. Um, feel free to check out the blog, www.jadora. WordPress.com for more of the writing side of the blog and look for this podcast to uh, be a consistent addition to the blog in the coming year. Take care and have a wonderful day. <music>